0: Welcome into the Cyclone Scoop. I'm Alex Hollisett from 24-7 Sports. If you want to find Iowa State coverage a little bit more directly there, you can go to CycloneAlert.com. This is the Cyclone Scoop, the first episode of the Cyclone Scoop. It's kind of actually a reintroduction of the show. This show existed a little while back, went away for a bit, and now we're back here in 2017 and have a lot of things in store for this show. Um, You know, I did a little introduction episode of of what this show is going to be, um, and this is the first version and interview today with Matt Campbell, but I hope that's just the first of, of many guests to come on this show, uh, even though that kind of sets the bar high. But as I said in the introduction episode, um, you know, I'm hoping to bring on, you know, Iowa State coaches. Um, but even beyond that, uh, you know, and have recruits that commit to Iowa State, to have analysts at the 24 7 Sports Network to go in depth on who Iowa State's bringing in. Um, this podcast will be Iowa State football, men's basketball. And also recruiting, since that's a big part of my job. But it's not going to be solely focused on one of those things. It's not just a recruiting podcast. Um, It's going to touch on all areas of Iowa State athletics, um, primarily Iowa State football, men's basketball, and recruiting. Uh, On this first episode, though, we start with Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell. Iowa State's coming off, obviously, an eight-win season that ended in the Alamo Bowl. Iowa State's now won eight games in back-to-back seasons um, they're going to be going in 2019 and I think probably for more than this, but an eight win season in 2019 would give Iowa state, uh, three straight eight win seasons for the first time, um, since I think 1976 to 1978. So a lot of expectations on this 2019 team, even though they do lose David Montgomery and Hakeem Butler to the NFL draft, they bringing, uh, in a, in a recruiting class that they really like signed 20 members in December, um, that recruiting class well-regarded, um, could still be some other pieces added down the road. But all in all, Iowa State returns a lot from last season's Alamo Bowl roster. And that sets up expectations for this unit, um, for this group, I should say, in 2019. So, um, you know, let's dive in with Matt Campbell here. Um, here's the fourth year head coach of Iowa State, Matt Campbell. Here with Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell, Coach, you're going into now your fourth winter workouts, your fourth spring ball. Um, before we kind of start to jump ahead, though, um, what what do you guys try to get out of winter workouts? Because, you know, since you guys got here, they seem like they've been competitive, you know, spirited. Um, what do you try to accomplish during that time of the year?
1: Yeah, this is honestly, it's one of my my favorite times of year because I, I think. Uh, What it starts to do is it starts to really instill the, I think, the foundation of work ethic, commitment, buy-in value, you know, and, and leadership amongst the players in our football program. And, you know, we take the month of January and it's really a more individualistic basis of getting bigger and getting stronger, you know, creating great habits. And you, you take that in about the middle part of February until you get to winter workouts. And what I love about those winter workouts are, are you know, high intensity, you know, high intensity workouts where you're really trying to create competition and, and put guys in as close to a competitive environment as football can give you and, you know, put them in challenging positions and watch them respond to adversity. And so it's one of my favorite times of year and, and something that I know our entire staff looks forward to.
0: Was that a, a big shift that first year? It seemed like, you know, the first year I think you guys log everything, you know, every result that comes through. It seemed like that created a competitive that competitiveness that needed to be, maybe turned up up a little bit more and create competition to, that maybe starts in winter workouts, but then leads to spring ball when they're competing for spots.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think that that was huge, and that certainly was different than maybe you know, uh, what you know, maybe where the program was at that time. But I think it's something that. I, I think it it, it it creates a competitive environment, but also creates individual accountability, and it allows guys to see where they are, where their growth is, and and where they're not. And I love to give kids tangible, you know, videotape evidence of the why and the why not. And you know, I think that's just another opportunity, and another touch that that puts in, you know, an emphasis on you know their individual development and growth.
0: This is the first year you're dealing with. Uh, obviously early entrance into the NFL draft, a good problem for a program to have because it, it typically means obviously the, the recruit, or I'm sorry, the, the players obviously, you know, had success. But also when when you guys have team or players leaving for the NFL, you know, your team probably had success and that's been the case the last two years. What is the challenge now of, of having guys step up into the roles of, you know, Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think the, the thing that, that helps us a little bit is, you know, number one, you could
0: forecast
1: a little bit that, hey, these are certainly realistic possibilities a year from now that that guys like this, if they maximize their potential, could not be here. And I think you're naive to, to not plan for those things. And those are things that, you know, planning for is one thing, but now you know, some of these guys that are going to be put into some positions, you know, what does their development and growth look like? And so, um, you know, I, I, I obviously it's always a challenge when good players leave your program but what you hope and and what really good programs have the ability to do is prepare those guys to be able to step into those moments when when their numbers called and their opportunities come and i think the one thing you see at least guys at the running back room and the receiver room right now are really anxious for their opportunity to showcase what they can do and become the next great you know alan Lazard or the next you know obviously akeem butler and Continue to step into the roles that, that those two have left in the receiver room, and then obviously what David's done to pave the way at the running back position.
0: Going through those two positions, I guess first at the the X position um, or between your two receivers, you know, both Butler and Matt and you guys lose. Um, I want to say it's like it was like 152 targets. That's kind of how I think of it as maybe more so replacement targets and saying, hey, let's replace 1,300 yards. But when you look at that that X position in particular you know, Brock Purdy mentioned some names, Joseph Skates, Sean Shaw, you know, Jalen Martin, uh, Josh Johnson, you know, four young guys that have maybe only combined for, I think, three career catches, but they've shown things, I think, to you guys in fall camp, and we saw Josh Johnson on the field a little bit last year too. Yeah,
1: for sure, And, 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 you know, and also Tariq Milton. I mean, you know, Tariq's a guy that's got so much position flexibility that, you know, you can see him outside, you can see him inside, you can see him all over the football field, and so, you know, I, I think one of the things for us that, that we've done is recruit to a prototype of what, what we want and what the positional looks like. And, you know, I think the the, the challenge at the receiver position is youth. And you're, you're talking about a group that yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head experience in youth that hasn't occurred yet. So um, the great thing is that's a position where, you know, sometimes O-line, you talk about experience in and youth and, and, and playing through some of that can happen where at the receiver spot it's a skill that I think can – you know, maybe doesn't take as much game experience as as some of the other positions, but I think the development of that that receiver room is going to be really big going into spring practice and going into summer and going into fall camp. And the guys that are consistent, the guys that showcase the consistency that they can do it over, you know, inconsistent moments, those are the guys that are going to earn the the most playing time. But talent and guys that have the ability to do it, I think there's some special kids in our program right
0: now. Shifting to the running back position, I think we saw flashes of Kane when, when David was out in Oklahoma State, when he finally got into that rhythm. I think he was like 10 for 50, um, and he was pretty good there. And I think he, Texas, he had some big runs. Um, it seemed like he when he kind of got his moment of getting into a rhythm, he showcased stuff. So obviously, you've got talent on the roster. What do you like about him and, and then also the guys you bring in in this recruiting class?
1: Well, you know, I, I think for Kane, you know, one of the things that, that, that is m- maybe people don't look at is the fact that, you know, he was still limited last spring coming off of that injury. And, you know, he's a guy that really for the first time I th- thought got into full health and full strength was really when the season started last, last fall. And so now you give a young man like that a full, full winter workout, a full spring, a full summer to really get into a groove. It's going to be really fun to see what his growth looks like. You know, I think you almost think as him as a young football player, even though Kanae's been here for a little bit. And I think Sheldon Crony is a name that in critical moments last year, you know, especially that Oklahoma State game, really showcased what he could do in some, in some moments. K-State two years ago. Excited to have a guy that is a senior back that that has shown that he can do all three things: catch the ball in the backfield, block, run the football, and then obviously Johnny Lang. You know, I, I think those three guys are, are guys that. You know, their eyes are really big right now because they see a great opportunity to really go lay claim to a great position. And then, you know, bringing in some guys that, that we're, we're excited about, certainly it's great to have Brees here. And, you know, he gets the, you know, is going to get a chance to really get some meaningful reps and opportunities this spring. And then Jirel, once he comes on campus in the summer. You know, really excited about what those two certainly bring to the table for us. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of competition there right now, but I'm excited because there's some guys that are veterans in our program that we do really trust, and it's going to be fun to watch those guys work.
0: Before I get into some, you know, other stuff with the program, I guess I'll just kind of stop at the linebacker in, in terms of talking about maybe some battles because Willie Harvey, maybe sometimes. You know, Mike Rose was was a big story because he started 13 games as a true freshman of the year before. I think you know Marcel was a big story because just his emergence, but Willie kind of was just been the steady force for you guys starting those games at linebacker. How do you guys replace him, and and it, could it be a multitude of things? Where I mean, can guys shift around still, or or is that a big thing in spring ball?
1: Yeah, well, I think that's going to be really interesting to see come spring practice. And you're right on Willie Harvey. I mean, what Willie was able to do in terms of that linebacking core you know a guy that could play in the field and spatially and when teams tried to put the formation into the boundary and do some different things to us, he could go into the box and play a box backer. And you know, Willie gave us a lot of flexibility. And you know, obviously with Marcel doing the same thing into the boundary and giving us the same flexibility, those two were a great match for each other. So, you know, there's there's some things that are going to be really fun to see. You know, Jake Hummel, um, I thought had a really huge step in his you know his sophomore year here at Iowa State. I thought he had some big plays at linebacker. Orion Vance. I I thought really made some great growth in terms of, some critical moments made some big plays for this football team so I think those are guys that have position flexibility and then there's some freshmen you know a guy like Will McDonald like where does he play is he a defensive lineman can he play can he play an outside backer for us Um, you know he's a guy positionally that's going to be really fun to watch I think we think is one of our best players in our football program you know at a young age right now and has got a lot of upside and Chandler Pulvermacher is a a guy that played on special teams as a freshman for us and did some really good things Gary Vaughn Um, You know, and again, some really talented guys like Eric Horn, some guys coming in that we think got some high-end potential too. So, you know, I I think there's a lot of guys, there's a lot of competition for a lot of spots there, but um, all those guys I think give us a chance to be successful.
0: The Will McDonald piece is interesting just because we saw him and then you guys had it kind of probably didn't want to, but you pulled back a little bit to not, you know, burn that that fresh, that red shirt. Is that, you know, someone like him, you guys tried Cordarius at middle linebacker a little bit last fall camp. How much do you guys try to experiment with things like that in the spring? And, you know, with someone like him, is, is that kind of what the Leo was, or is that completely, am I thinking completely different when what his role would be in, in that spot? Yeah,
1: you know, I, I think Will is one of those guys that is. You know, pure athleticism. Maybe, maybe one of the best athletes in our program. And you know, where do you put a guy that's got this great athletic ability? And so, you know, maybe what we've said we've been in the past. You know, are we really, or how's it continue? But he's a guy that I think could play any of the linebacker spots. And I think he's also a guy that could probably play defensive end. You know, and that's a unique skill and trait. Um, you know, and I think a lot of it depends on what's his body do and how's he continue to grow. But we'll experiment with him because you're you're right. You, you know, that's something I love to tinker with. And in how do you put your best eleven guys on the field and what's that look like? And it kind of goes back to the players, formations, plays. You know, the, and I think that's something that uh, you know he's a guy that's certainly of intrigue as we go into spring practice for us.
0: Since you've gotten here, you said you guys have to win up front to get to where you want to. Um, Obviously, you've recruited really well on, on both of those lines. And that development continues now into year four. But let's start offensively. You know, Depending on how things shake out, there's obviously competition. But the, the, the five guys who started the last 11 games consecutively for you all return. You don't really lose much on that line what excites you most about that that fact that this is maybe the most veteran line you've had but also what's the next step for them in 2019? Yeah
1: well you know I I challenged that group immensely in 2018 that it needed to take a a step forward and I I think it really did I think if you you really go back and you study the games there's there's times where you see us play really good football up front and that hadn't happened in the first two years and you know I, I think now it's consistency, you know. Can it take the jump that maybe the D line did, you know, a year ago, and, and really become a consistent, you know, front and force amongst the group? And you know, having some veteran guys, guys that have played back, I think, is really big. And you know, having a guy that's a, a high-end elite player like a Josh Kniffle, and you know, what he's done to anchor that whole group has been really fun to watch and see. And and then you you talk about that line in competition. I think what's the most exciting Exciting part to me is there's a guy like Joey Ramos, there's you know a guy like Trevor Downing, and these two guys have been like nipping at everybody's heels as you know even through the fall last year. What happens now as those guys get into the swing of you know spring practice and, and you, know, you know that's that to me is when your team in those areas become really big because now everybody's not only playing for position they're playing for playing time and I think that part's really exciting to watch and see
0: mentioned there the defensive line taking that step last year there's you know across 13 games 39 starts obviously that add up all 39 starts return and so you saw them take the step. now you see that whole group come back plus you have more freedom with will mcdonald wherever he falls you have um you know zach peterson having gotten stuff under his belt uh tucker robertson it just seems like you're adding young guys to a pool that now all returns what is i shouldn't say what is the the ceiling for that group but what what is that group capable of as uh, upperclassmen now?
1: Well, I think it's it's complete ownership of our program. You know, not only with you know, what their play looks like, but what their leadership style looks like in terms of how they go about their day-to-day um, process, how they empower others and bring other groups. You know, Ray and I talked a lot about, you know, not even just leading their own group, but having the empower to bring others with them. And, you know, I think that's one thing that's really neat about the leadership in that D-line room is, they're some of the some of the greatest givers on our football team they've got the ability to impact and empower others and um, they've got great relationships outside of even the defensive line room so it's going to be really fun to watch that group but it's a powerful room coach Rashid's done a great job there and their growth their development and their mentality is is really what you hope our football program looks like and stands for
0: If i don't get to some of the staff uh, changes i think people be like what are you doing but uh tom manning Um, obviously comes back and he's a guy that just a way for a year but what does he bring back I mean it's I watch a a few Colts games you know here and there I'd see them on TV and it seemed like they did some interesting things offensively that he probably has some new stuff that I know you like to bring in different ideas what what does he bring back
1: well I think some of those things are, are certainly big you know they they had great success you know with you know on that staff this year of developing an offense I think they're a very college-driven offense in the NFL, you know, and um, their offensive coordinator was somebody that we all know, and I think it comes from very similar roots to us. So, you know, I think there's some some really good things that Tom went and learned that he has the ability to bring back and give ownership to in terms of the constant growth and develop of our own offense. So, you know, that, that part I'm really excited for, and I think for me, just in general, somebody that Um, you know, I got a great amount of trust in, you know, and and I know his leadership style. I know he brings an alignment, I think, to not only just our entire staff, you know, he's somebody that I think has got a, um, that fits our football program and fits our culture in a really positive way and um, only allows us to continue to get better.
0: He obviously coached tight ends there, but a a tight end group that had success and I think they use in a lot of different ways how also does he help that you know we talked about the top replacing Hakeem Butler it seems like that's maybe not all going to happen at the receiver position maybe it's Chase Allen and Charlie Kohler playing in the slot like Hakeem did a couple years ago how much could we see that with the tight ends in their involvement except especially as now they're a little bit older but also what Coach Manny brings back what's just his experience with the tight ends.
1: Well, you know, I think you even look at us last year, you know, and, and us playing two tight ends and the growth of that, that room. You know, I, I want to say almost 40% of the snaps last fall for us were, were in two tight end sets. And, you know, and, and there was probably around 12 to 13% that were in 13 personnel, you know, with playing with three tight ends. So, you know, th- those are areas where they use that as well, had success. And, you know, I think to continue to evolutionize how we use those tight ends in our offense. And their growth is is going to be huge for us. So uh, I do agree with that. You know, Tom was fortunate to to come into a really good tight end room there and had an All-Pro and obviously with Ebron coming there, um, you know, was able to continue to work with him and those guys use those guys to to really positive advantage. So I think that that certainly does correlate and fit with what we're trying to do and where we want to go in our program. And you know, I think back to your question about Charlie Colar and Chase Allen and Dylan Sainer being involved more in the offense of in terms of the passing game, you know, that's huge for our development. And, again, it goes back to that player's formation's plays. And those guys Those guys were critical in, in critical moments last year for us. And, and I think, you know, we'll only continue to get more um, because they've earned the right to do that in our offense.
0: And then you go to the defensive side. You add, you know, Coach Matt Capone, a defensive assistant. How does he fit into the scheme of, of what he'll do defensively? I assume, you know, most a lot of safeties. And if it is safeties um, for the most part, does that relieve a little bit off of, Coach Haycock's plate, where you know he's obviously the defensive corner, and now he can kind of float around and help a little bit more with other things.
1: Yeah, I think it's huge. You know, I, and in last year, as we went to a tenth assistant, you know, I, I, you know, wasn't exactly sure where we wanted to go within what fit, but I think you know, as 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 Matt became available to us, and, and somebody that we've got a a great belief in, and, and you know, I know Matt from you know, obviously our our past that I just felt like it, it allowed us to be aligned the best way we possibly could. Five guys on offense, five guys on defense. You know, give Coach Haycock some flexibility, to continue to walk around and, you know, add his expertise. And that's the great thing about Coach Haycock is he can coach, you know, he can literally coach every piece of the defense. And I think that's why you've seen it be aligned so well is because he, he's got a great vision for how everything should look defensively. And, you know, Matt allows us to... To not only grow he he brings in some expertise I mean here's a guy that's coached the secondary at Arizona he's coached the secondary um, at West Virginia he's coached corners he's coached safeties and you know DK's got it gives him some flexibility to grow you know whatever we do in terms of where we align DK and Matt you know both guys have coached the corners coached both guys have coached the safeties, but having two guys that are high-end defensive back coaches um, and, and coach, coach Haycock, the ability to, to walk around and really make sure everything fits, I think, is a real positive for this team.
0: So people uh, wanted me to, you know, ask about Real Mitchell. I know he gets a lot of excitement, but then they saw him in that bowl game where he didn't get the ball, but I think just seeing him in motion and kind of opened up the the ideas of yeah. what this could be. And you've you have, you've obviously seen them in practice with, um, you know, I think what you guys call the Blaze package. You have been able to test different things. But now that, you know, you go into a year where the red shirt doesn't matter, that's all out of the books, how exciting is it going to spring to now experiment with ways and, um, to use him with Brock and, and things like that, like we saw in the ball game. Yeah,
1: you know, I, I think you know the biggest thing for Real number one, and, and it's got to be a priority, is especially with our depth at quarterback, is you know he's got to continue to grow to be the best quarterback he can be. You know, right now you'd say he's a snap away from being the starting quarterback here at Iowa State, and I I, I think the thing that I love about Real is his his got tremendous athleticism, and the ball in his hand is certainly um, dynamic. And so you know, I, I think as as the spring and the fall continues on you know finding ways to get real onto the field is is certainly a positive for our football team but uh you know like i said i think the number one piece of that though has to be his continued development at quarterback because i i do think real has shown great flashes and great signs that he can continue to be a great quarterback for this football program
0: maybe a little or more difficult question to answer, especially until you get to spring ball. But in terms of, you know, guys that registered last year, guys that are young that could now take steps, you mentioned some names throughout this, whether it's Will McDonald or Joey Ramos or Trevor Downey. We talked about skates um, and saw at the beginning. Who are some guys that are maybe now have to prove it in the spring and try to take that step or, or show flashes and now have to carry it over for you guys?
1: Well, I, you know, obviously I, I think even some guys too, you know, like a Tariq Milton, you know, Tariq has, has been – fantastic for us. And can you become the man, you know, can you take that role and step into that big, um, you know, that big avenue of, of where and how high can you take your level of play? Because again, there's a guy, and I said this a lot about Akeem, you know, he can, his ceiling's as high as anybody in our football program. You know, Deshante taking a leadership role on that receiver position. You know, I think those guys are, are big as well as all those other guys we talk about. You know, I, I think a guy like Sheldon Crony, like here's a guy that's a senior in our program and, you know, has had flashes of, of brilliance. And, you know, like, this is your shot. Can you take Can you take that and that next step? And uh, Kanae is in that same boat, you know, finally healthy. What kind of move can he make? I think defensively, you know, you, you talk about, you know, the Orion Vances and the Jake Hummels, because to me, those are guys that are, are critical to our development. Lawrence White is a guy that, again, you, you go back to last year and the early part of the season, the Texas game, There's really good football being played, but can it be consistent? Can you be the same guy every day? So I I think there's some really good challenges for some veteran guys in our program right now too in terms of, man, we've got some guys that have shown what consistency and excellence look like. We've also got some guys that have shown flashes of it but haven't put it all together yet. And uh, it's going to be really fun to watch that, and I think there's some great challenges, but there's some exciting times right now in in these walls to, to watch that growth finally happen and continue to happen for a lot of guys.
0: We got a few more minutes here. Um, I guess um, before I move on to think the last question or two, uh, you mentioned Treek a couple times throughout this. Um, People, you know, when he came, he's this m receiver, but he he can do so much more. It seems like, especially from what you're saying, Um, 34 catches on I think 38 targets. So obviously, was efficient last year. What can he be in the offense? I mean. It seems like he's a lot more than an M receiver. Maybe it means, allows him and Deshante to both play a lot more together.
1: Oh, I, I think for sure. You know, I, I think what what you saw a year ago was a product of, you know, the depth that we had at some of those spots. But, you know, Tariq's first season, you're talking literally his first year, and he's the punt returner and 34 catches and a lot of productivity, you know. And, you know, he's a guy, though, that – kind of what the growth you hope to see in a young receiver you know you he he masters the small role now can he step into an even larger role and so Tariq's the one thing he is is he's big and he's physical and he's strong and um he's a powerful guy you know it's it's not like he's the the 510 prototypical slot receiver you know Tariq's you know six foot he's strong he can play inside he can play outside he's a good route runner Um, and so he brings a lot to the table that gives us a lot of position flexibility and certainly allows, like you said, a guy like Deshante and Tariq to be on the field at the same time, two guys that both have been extremely productive for us.
0: Uh, Recruiting, um, that's a big part of my job. We haven't talked a lot about it here, but um, what's kind of been behind the push, not maybe just for you guys, but you guys have done it certainly into Arizona. Um, I guess California has always been kind of your bread and butter. We've seen it more in Kansas City, I assume partially because of Coach Shieldhouse. What have you seen about some of your territory solidifying, especially like Arizona? And I think now with Coach Capone, you know he's got good roots in Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah you know I I just think for us it's continuing to develop relationships and continuing to have some successes with the guys that we bring into our program that have success and then we can go back into those areas and say hey listen these guys are having great experiences and you bring young men from those areas here and they get to see a Brock Purdy from Arizona and Joey Ramos and these guys that have had success early and you know, you, you you go into Ohio and you show them David Montgomery and certainly what Deshante's done and a Mike Rose has done. And you go into, you know, some of these areas and, you know, Kansas City and Braxton Lewis and certainly what Marcel's done. So there's just a – I think it, it, it's, it's what you have when you're consistently at a place for a length of time where you start to build really good relationships and trust within the high school coaches in those areas to say, hey, listen, not only are we going to take care of the young men that come in, into our program but we're also going to do a great job developing those in our program and so I think that part's been really fun for us to start to really get into a really consistent groove in some of those areas
0: and we'll'll we'll end here with this but uh, you know we talked there recruiting obviously we're talking here the day before um, national signing day it, it seems like it's just been a, it's a grind for you from you know you get to once you get to fall camp then you're through the season you go out recruit in December you go to the bowl game all of January is out recruiting mostly ahead. W- what do you do now after national sign day? I know winter workouts are going on, but do you get time away or, or um, you know, get get, get <laughs> out of here for a little bit? Well, I think, you,
1: you know, the one thing that you have to be really leery of is you got to take care of your staff mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I think this is a staff that I, I would hope that everybody realizes works really hard at everything that they do, and it's really important. So, you know, we'll we'll take some days off after, you know, after this week is over with, and, you know, once we do come back, then all attention is really placed towards the future of our football program, our team, um, obviously, and then getting well into this 2020 recruiting class. So, you know, that's I, I, so the one thing I love about our coaches is – you know, we've also gotten into a really good groove of what our calendar looks like and, and we know when we need to shut it down and then when we need to really go. And so, um, you know, we'll take some time away here once once this week gets over with and in the next week and then we'll kind of get ready to rock and roll once we come back. So I think everybody's excited and I think there's a really good energy around this coaching staff right now and I think everybody's excited to, to be back together and excited to have some new guys on board that, you know, like you said, Tom coming back and obviously having Coach Capone here both those guys certainly bring a lot of energy into our football program
0: I know you're busy thanks for you know taking a good chunk out of your schedule and uh you know we'll see you in in spring ball I guess sounds
1: great thanks for everything Alex
0: and that was Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell thanks again to to Matt Campbell for taking some time I know uh, a busy schedule especially this time of year Iowa State just wrapping up it's it's 2019 recruiting class Iowa State going into winter workouts spring ball around the corner Um, there's really never a downtime, you know, I guess, you know, maybe the most downtime for, for the coaches is probably maybe the July dead period where they can't recruit kids. Aren't coming to campus. Um, their team is, you know, kind of off on break a little bit. That's probably the one time they truly get away throughout the year, maybe a week after signing there. So, but there's just not a whole, whole lot of downtime. So, um, I know he's been busy on the road for most of the month of January. And now that they get to February, he'll be back in Ames for a while with the team and, um, you know. Was good enough to give us some time to catch up and, and also look ahead, and and that's what I found most interesting uh, about that interview is, is some of the pieces and looking ahead. I think the one thing that jumped out to me, in my eyebrows probably probably raised a little bit uh, when when Matt Campbell said it was the potential for a guy like Will McDonald to play linebacker for Iowa State. Um, you look at you know that defense and. They return quite a bit, as we talked about in that interview. Iowa State's defensive line returns all 39 starts from last season. You know, when you look at the secondary, they bring back Greg Eyesworth. They really liked Daytrone Young and Anthony Johnson at those cornerback spots. They're going to be young, but they both started games as freshmen last year. So there's a lot of pieces they like. You know, they bring back Mike Rose and, and Marcel Spears, two guys that started all 13 games at their respective linebacker spots. But one of the big holes that they're going to have to fill is Willie Harvey. And I thought it was interesting that, that Will McDonald got thrown out for that. Now, that doesn't mean Will McDonald is going to be that outside linebacker. But, you know, the way Matt Campbell talked there, obviously it sounds like he's going to get a, a shot to see what he looks like there in spring ball. And that's really what spring ball is for partially. You know, Obviously it's for position battles. You know, there will be the battles for um, perhaps that wide receiver or, you know, a guy to step up at running back. And those will linger into the summer and then fall camp. But it's also for a little bit of experimentation, see what, see what's working and, and test things out before you really get into things for real in fall camp. And so that's what's interesting about Will McDonald, obviously a kid that played four games as a tr- true freshman last year, um, had a strip sack against TCU. I think Iowa State wanted to burn that redshirt, but they just thought better of it. They, they thought that he would benefit from uh, a year of development and, and now being a redshirt freshman instead in 2019. But the, the linebacker thing's interesting. Um, it's worth keeping in mind they tried this last spring with Cordarius Bailey a defensive lineman that came in in the class before McDonald they tried him at middle linebacker last year I think he's back to the defensive line but that's something that they're willing to try because you know sometimes you've got these guys that have position flexibility and so Will McDonald I think will probably get a look at that outside linebacker spot that but that spot's going to be pretty competitive you know you look at the other guys there sounds like Orion Vance can can move around if he needs to Jake Hummel Obviously it's Ben Marcel Spears back up at the other outside linebacker spot. And they really, really have liked, you know, Chandler Pulvermacher, Gary Vaughn, um, and those guys. So, you know, there's a lot of names there, and that's gonna be probably one of the more um, intriguing and more competitive uh, battles beginning of the spring, and probably maybe not ending of the spring, but beginning of the spring. Um, you know, the the other pieces I think that were interesting. I think it's 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 gonna be interesting to watch what happens with Tom Manning and what he brings back from the Indianapolis Colts. Um, obviously, he coached the tight ends, but also was just around a lot of different minds in terms of NFL people um, in what Matt Campbell said was a college-like offense. So it's, it'll be interesting to see what he brings back in Ohio State fans. Um, probably excited for what, what him working with tight ends, what him working in that Colts offense um, with all-pro tight end Eric Ebron, what that means for Charlie Kohler, um, Chase Allen, Dylan Saner, because obviously State's going to need those tight ends to take another step. So I think that's something that um, is going to be intriguing to see does Iowa State's offense look any different because of new ideas that are coming um, into the program? I think Matt Capone seems to be a good hire. You know, obviously, you know, Iowa State brings him in from Pennsylvania, you know, from West Virginia, but he's got Pennsylvania ties that appears like it's going to pay dividends here in this first class um, with the likely addition of uh, Ashim Young. And so, you know, he's already kind of, you know, maybe um, doing some work in that Pennsylvania area recruiting, but he also brings another capable guy that, um, gives him five offensive assistants and five defensive assistants and is a guy that you know can coach in that secondary and, and the biggest thing that Matt Campbell seems to be pleased about with that is that John Haycock's been the safeties coach in addition to his duties as defensive coordinator which means he's kind of at times been anchored around you know gray guys with Lawrence White Braxton Lewis that group in practice not to say he doesn't rove around but now with Capone on the staff um Haycock can really rove around and, and be more involved with all facets of the defense. And I think that's something that Matt Campbell um, is is pretty happy with. So I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff there from Campbell. Um, you know, winter workouts are about to get going. Iowa State begins spring ball on March 12th. And that will run through, I think, the spring season this year is going to run through April 20th. Again, no spring game, uh, but through March 12th to, you know, late April we'll probably get to catch up with Iowa State assistants and some of the players at those positions. But uh, this was a little little peek into that about a month before spring ball um, to hear from Matt Campbell. So thanks for again for, for Matt Campbell for coming on. And uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Cyclone Scoop. Make sure to tune in next time. We'll have another guest coming up here soon. And uh, this is the first of hopefully many to come here on the Cyclone Scoop. Thanks for listening, and uh, I'll talk to you guys next time.